No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Amos takes up a lamentation against Israel and warns her to seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like a fire. Perhaps God will still be gracious to them. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Amos chapter 5 on Simply the Bible. Death is the part of life that we would all rather avoid. While intellectually we know that we will eventually die, we don't like to think about it. This is true of individuals, and it is also true of nations. Now, the nation of Israel was dying, but she didn't know it. Everything around them looked just fine. They were prosperous and secure, but the Lord saw their terminal disease. He sent Amos from Judah to prophesy against them. This was Amos's third message, and it begins with a lamentation. We continue in Amos chapter 5. Hear this word, which I take up against you, a lamentation. O house of Israel, the virgin of Israel has fallen. She will rise no more. She lies forsaken on her land. There is no one to raise her up. For thus says the Lord God, the city that goes out by a thousand shall have a hundred left. And that which goes out by a hundred shall have ten left to the house of Israel. Once again, Amos called the people to hear the word he was bringing them. His intention was to bring at least some of them to repentance and revival. Now, no spiritual revival can occur without people listening to the word of God and taking it to heart. A lamentation was a funeral dirge. Though Israel was at the height of prosperity, her judgment was so certain that Amos lamented her fall as though it had already happened. To the Israelites, this would have been like reading their own obituary in the news. The Virgin of Israel pictured a young woman in her prime. She was innocent and full of hope and excitement about getting married and starting a family. And this is how the Lord once saw Israel, but she had been promiscuous, playing the harlot with other gods, and now she had fallen to rise no more. She would be forsaken in her own land, and no one would pity her or lift her up. Soon, the Assyrians would invade the land, and 90% of Israel's troops would fall to the sword. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel, nor enter Gilgal, nor pass over Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to nothing. The Lord gave a message through Amos for them to seek him and live. This is always God's desire. Now, it may have been too late for them to save the entire nation, but some of them could turn to God and live. God may judge the nation, but he sees us as individuals. We will each give an account of ourselves before him. Despite their many transgressions, they were still very religious. They were going to Bethel, where Jacob first encountered the Lord so that he named the place the house of God. Now the Israelites were worshiping the golden calf that Jeroboam I had erected. They were bringing their many offerings, but they were not truly seeking the Lord. They were practicing religion without repentance. 
The same was true in Gilgal, where the children of Israel first entered the promised land. Some of them had even passed over to Beersheba in Judah, where the Lord appeared to Abraham and he built an altar, but none of these places would offer them any relief of the disaster that was coming. We may think that meeting with God is about going to a certain building or a mountain retreat or some other place where we once had a close encounter with God. While God can meet us in such places, seeking the Lord is about the position of our heart rather than the placement of our body. People make pilgrimages to certain places, but if their hearts are not broken over their sins and true repentance, if they are not earnestly seeking to know God and to surrender to His will in their lives, then their pilgrimage is in vain. God is not seeking our religious works. He is seeking our sincere love and obedience. Verse 6, Seek the Lord and live, lest He break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it with no one to quench it in Bethel. You who turn justice to wormwood and lay righteousness to rest in the earth. Amos called them to seek the Lord and live. Now that's always God's desire. His judgments are not designed to be punitive, but to be corrective. Judgment is God's strange work. He only brings it as the last resort. He said through the prophet Ezekiel, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? But if they did not seek the Lord, then God's wrath would break out like a fire to devour, and no one would be able to quench it. You see, the people had turned justice to wormwood. God established human government because of the sinfulness of the human heart. Without the authority of government, everything would fall apart and the strong would oppress the weak. Justice is supposed to be a clean flowing river to wash away the filth of fallen society. Instead, the leaders had made the courts a place of bitter poison where the poor were unjustly treated. He made the Pleiades and Orion. He turns the shadow of death into morning and makes the day dark as night. He calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. He rains ruin upon the strong so that fury comes upon the fortress. Now Amos draws their attention to the fact that God is the God of all creation. He made the constellations. Now that would be significant because many of them had turned from worshiping the Lord and were instead worshiping the host of heaven. But God makes the dawn and the dusk. He controls the rain cycle. What an amazing thing that is, how the water from the oceans evaporate and form clouds onto dust particles. And then all of that is transported over to the land where it comes down as freshwater rainfall to water the land. All of this God does. And yet people were worshiping the creation rather than the creator. God also rains terrifying judgment upon the strong. He brought fire and brimstone to Sodom and Gomorrah. During the great tribulation that is coming, he will bring down great hailstones weighing 90 pounds. So the Lord is able to bring judgment, but it is his strange work. He 
rather waits upon us, being patient, hoping that we will turn and live. And yet we should never, ever mistake God's patience for his approval or that he doesn't really care what we're doing or that he doesn't see what we're doing. Verse 10, they hate the one who rebukes in the gate and they abhor the one who speaks uprightly. And so these rich people were bribing the judges and they were getting away with it. And so anybody that would speak up and say, hey, that's not right. Well, then they would abhor them. And and that's the way it is in the culture today. If you speak up for what's right, if you speak the truth, if people are living wickedly, they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear your reason as reasonable as it may be. They will hate you and persecute you because they simply don't want to hear the truth. Therefore, because you tread down the poor and take grain taxes from him, though you have built houses of hewn stone, yet you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink wine from them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins, afflicting the just and taking bribes, diverting the poor from justice at the gate. Therefore, the prudent keep silent at that time for it is an evil time. So what they were doing was oppressing the poor. They were extorting them. They were taking grain taxes from them to the point that the poor would lose their homes. And then they would take the money from all of this and build their own houses of hewn stone at the expense of these who they were oppressing. And and yet God said, you're not going to live in those houses and you won't drink wine from the vineyards that you have planted because I know your manifold transgressions. I see them. I know your mighty sins. I know what you're doing. And you have diverted the poor from justice. You've deprived them of justice. And so now there are those that would speak up and yet the prudent are keeping silent because they know if they open their mouths, they're going to be persecuted as well. So seek good and not evil that you may live so the Lord God of hosts will be with you. As you have spoken, hate evil, love good, establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. So Amos is saying, look, if you want to seek God, then seek good and not evil. Turn from evil. You can't be seeking God and also holding on to evil. God will not make a pact with our sins. If we seek God, we will seek good because God is good. If we seek God, we will hate evil because God hates evil. And so God said, do these things so that you may live. And then the Lord of hosts will be with you. Then he said, establish justice in the gate. Of course, the gate was their courtroom. That's where the people would go to get justice. Establish justice. Do what's right. Be people of integrity and ensure that the poor, the widows, the fatherless, the strangers, those who cannot stand up for themselves, ensure that they receive justice. And then the Lord God will be with you. And it could be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Perhaps it was too late for the whole nation as they had been listening to the prophets for many, many generations and yet had not turned from their sins. But for those who would seek the Lord, God would save those who called upon his name. And 
We don't know exactly what that would have looked like. Would they still have been taken by the Assyrians? Would they have stayed in the land? We don't know. But uh, Amos was saying, look, seek good and evil so that it will go well with you. And the same is true for us. We may look around. It may be too late for our nation. I don't know. I, I hope and pray that revival can come. But if revival does come, it will be because a remnant is seeking the Lord and not just seeking the Lord by doing their religious duty, but genuinely confessing their sins, desiring holiness, turning from their sins, and, and seeking that God would be in control of their lives. If there is a critical mass of people who would genuinely seek the Lord with all their hearts in this way, then who knows what might happen in our nation. God could turn our nation around. I, I pray that it is so. But even if he doesn't, God will save you if you call upon the name of the Lord in truth. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that you tell us these things so that we might know you. Lord, you don't want anyone to perish, but all to turn and live. Lord, I pray that we would not misinterpret your patience with us as being approval of our sins, but rather that we would recognize what you've said in your word and turn our hearts to obey your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we're building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give toward this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash building project. That's calvarytv.org slash building project. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. Tomorrow we will return to the book of Proverbs, where we consider things that are little but wise, and things that are majestic and stately in their stride. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.